So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Tom Seco. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. We're glad that you can join us again today. We have a special guest. His name is Jason Coppins. He's become a good friend of mine. He owns Coppins Business Strategies. They're focused on small animal practice for the last four years. They help a lot of small animal practices. He's a facilitator for two veterinary management groups, which is commonly referred to as the VMG, and has spoken at many different conferences around the United States. So he's a national speaker as well, which is very awesome. Jason, thanks for joining me here today. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. So, you know, to start all this off, Share with us just a little bit something, uh, you know, something interesting in your life to just kind of get the, the listeners started off here. Let's give us a little bit around, uh, you know, how long you've been working with veterinarians. Like what made you, what made you get into this path of working with veterinarians? It's a very unique story because I, I started out in the IT field, actually. So I was working in IT and I went to school for IT, but then I got a love of business. So I, I spent the last uh, 15 years until I made the transition working on the business side. And I got a chance to be a part of a really cool growing company and got to learn the ins and outs of, outs of how you build a company and how you grow it and managing staff and all that. And through that time, I met a veterinarian and uh, she became very close to me, a good friend of mine. And I started to learn a lot more about the vet community and got to see what's happening in her practice and everything else. And cool. it, yeah, it was really neat. So, and I got some really cool opportunities to really get to know the staff and what their problems and what was happening. And what I realized is that they just have some amazing people there. I really love working with those guys. And a lot of the different staff and owners are just trying to help the pets that they can get a hold of and the people that they work with. And it was just a cool opportunity to really start working with the people that were aligned in the same types of values that I have as a person. That's really awesome. So you started off in the, the information technology industry, the IT then. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a lot of your business at this point is concentrated in that, in that realm when it comes to veterinary practices. Is that right? Well, actually, I left the IT side completely behind. Uh, over the 15 years I was in the IT uh, world, I started out very much in the IT side on computers and programming, then got into the management piece as I grew a team beneath me. And so I got farther and farther away from the technology and more into the leadership and business side. And I found that I loved that even more. That was the natural fit I found when I started working with veterinarians. Is veterinarians obviously are trained to be amazing doctors in medical school and they get all that training, but their, their background in business varies from person to person and they have to pick a lot of that up on their own, it seems like. So I don't know anything about the medical side, but I have a lot of business and leadership background. And I found just this huge opportunity for synergy if I could come in and bring that business and leadership knowledge in to help them kind of organize their practice and run it better. That's fantastic. So what state do you currently live in? Well, right now I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've been in Michigan actually my whole life. It's very cold there then. <laughs> Strangely enough, it was snowing just the other day. So, yep. Yeah. Up here. Those random snowstorms that come through. Since you live in Michigan, is that the only state that you work with veterinary practices or do you work with multiple other states? Are you limited to certain areas? No, by luck, uh, a lot of the work I do is remote. I do some on-site work as well, depending on what's needed. So I have been able to work across the entire United States. I have clients all the way from Portland and, and that side of, of the West Coast, all the way over to Providence, Rhode Island, down to Florida and Texas and places like that. So I work across the entire United States and I actually even have a, one client up there in Canada too. 
That's awesome. When it comes to working all over, because I know like ourselves, we, we do a lot of stuff across the United States. Is, is a lot of your work remote or do you spend more time meeting people in person? I'd say about 75% of it is remote. A lot of the stuff we can do, a lot of the coaching we can provide and just some of the practice analysis services we provide, we can do over the phone or through Zoom meetings and, and kind of coach people like that. We do come on site usually for about a three to four days at a time. If we have a big project or a launch or something like that that the practice needs help with, we'll come in and help analyze what's going on, train the staff and, and kind of get them up and going and stand them up before we fly back out. And so those really are cool. three or four days are really some of the most fun we have. But again, we don't need to do it all the time for everything, but we do do it from here from time to time. It's like a little vacation. Yeah, yeah. I get to see a lot of neat cities and I've been able to travel a lot over the U.S. over the last several years. So it's been a, it's been a good What's treat. What's been your favorite city you've been to? Well, I, I had the opportunity to go to Salem, Massachusetts. And I get, not only did I get to go neat. to Salem and visit there, but I actually, the veterinarian that had me there uh, put me up in a 200-year-old house. I had an amazing opportunity to just kind of see that and then walking through the downtown, a lot of the architecture and just the field of the old days and was really neat to see in person. So I really appreciate that. That was really neat. Obviously, some, some of the other places like the West Coast over in Portland uh, was really kind of a cool city to see as well. I've, not, I've never been to been to Salem myself. I've always I've, I've heard of all the witch hunts and all these other different things that are there. So it's kind of frightened me a bit. <laughs> I understand that. By luck, I was there like a week after Halloween. So I just missed all the activities. <laughs> Wow. Perfect. Sounds interesting. Yeah. One week after Halloween. Wow. So to shift gears here a little bit, being in your role and what your business is doing, what is one thing that you believe veterinarians struggle with when it comes to the type of services that you're providing for them? I, th- I think that a lot of veterinarians that are owners, and it, this also transcends just to business owners in general, uh, they have a harder time on the business side of their practice, especially compared to the medical side. I think they have that down pretty well. But understand how to effectively manage their staff and build a strong business that doesn't like depend on them to be there every day to manage it is a big step for a lot of people to take, it seems like. Right. So that running the business on a day-to-day basis tends to be a struggle for some people. Yeah. A lot of the veterinarians I talk to love the, the medical side, but they, they'd love to be in there seeing the patients, talking with the clients. And they have to do the business side. They have to manage the staff. They have to look at the numbers and understand all the finances. But it's not where their passion's at. And obviously, that's mm-hmm. why the school for the veterinarian side. So right. depending on different degrees, I, I like people to be able to do their passion. And if, if the business side is not set up in a really good way, that becomes a place where you always have to go back to and put out fires and, and try to deal with it. It drags down your overall enjoyment of your life as you're trying to do the thing you love most. And so that's if so I true. Get that organized and, and just get to a place where it's working well and they don't have to be required to be there 24 7 putting out fires. They can do what they love, which is a lot of times being the doctor and know that that side is taken care of too. Yeah, that's something I've, I've seen on my side too, where it seems that you know, veterinarians are very, very good at being veterinarians. Like they're spectacular. And when it comes to the business side, I hear very commonly it's, you know, they don't get a whole lot of background or a whole lot of education when it comes to running a business. So I I could see, I could see where that tends to be be where they struggle a lot. And, you know, when it comes to things that you're able to help practice owners achieve, what are some things that you've actually, if you were to list off a few of them, that you've really been able to help simplify some practice owners? Like what is one thing that you would say is that you help them the most with? I'd say that there's three things that I commonly work with practice owners on. Number one is understanding what's driving the results, or if they're not getting results, what's driving their lack of results, and how to impact it. 
knowing your numbers is such a core thing to a business. And if you're new to business or if you're trying, if you're not fully trained on the, with a business background, you see a P&L sheet and there's just hundreds of lines out. There's numbers all over the place. There's right. balances, there's cash flows, there's all these documents to get to understand. And it just is a wealth of information coming at you and being able to say, what are the five numbers that really matter here? Or where are my big problems at and how do I affect that? Those are one of the bigger things I start off with a lot of the clients working on is just understanding what is driving the results in their business and how do I actually impact that thing to drive it forward? Number one. Do many people, when it comes to those results and understanding their P&Ls, like would you say most of them are pretty in tune with it or how, do, how are most of them doing with that? I think it's, it varies from place to place. I, obviously, if you come from a business background, there's always more room that they could grow in that area. But I think one of the things that they struggle with a little bit is being able to get that value out of it. So they can look at the top and they can look at the bottom and say, okay, I'm making some revenue and, I, and my profits are okay, but I don't know how to take my profitability from 5% to 15%. Wow. And a lot of those answers are in the PL, at least some of them are. And then there's a lot more in their practice management software. But being able to marry the information they have about their patients and their appointments with the financial data and their PL and stuff like that, to pull that together into some cohesive, easy to understand picture of what's going on in their business and what levers they have to pull to move it forward. That's the big step I think people can take. Okay. So what is the the second area that you've been able to help simplify practice owners owners' lives? So the second one, and I think there's three in total, the second one of the three would be really understanding how to manage the HR or the staff side. This is, this is a difficulty for managers across the world, regardless of the industry you're in. And being able to manage the people is a huge aspect of the business side, and it's probably one that's taught the least, it seems like, and least understood across business owners, period. So working with the team and trying to figure out, you know, for... When you look at a lot of the veterinary owners, a lot of them are very compassionate people, which is one of the things I love about them. Mm -hmm. When I meet their teams, there's a, a member or two who's not quite fitting in. And it's hard for them to have the conversations to help, either help that member get on board or get off the bus, so to speak. And so being able to talk very openly with owners about what's their frustrations with their staffs and not just look at it as a whole, okay, well, if you don't like them, we have to fire them or have to get rid of them. But how can we actually bridge the gap here and get the staff aligned and maybe just take someone who's not engaged instead of just kicking them out the door and trying to just find a new person to replace them? How do we get them bought in? Is there an opportunity to get a well-run team together right there and to get them all aligned and, and pushing in the right direction in a way that's not horrible for anyone involved? I don't like to ever have to see people get let go. I'm a big fan of trying to build jobs, not get rid of them. So if we can find ways to engage those staff that are a little bit discontent at this point and get them aligned on the team and producing again, that's always a great opportunity if we can do that. So understanding how to build those teams and really align that staff is a key secondary in my opinion. Okay. So secondary, building the teams. And I think I've heard myself and maybe you can correct me on this, that you know your, your employees are your most valuable asset. I completely agree with you. I think that they can fluctuate so far from unproductive to productive that if you can really motivate them, put them in the right seats on the bus, get the right people there, you can do a lot with an organization and really take it to a new level. So I 100% agree with you with that statement. That's cool. Especially when you're taking care of your employees and you're, you know they, you're really there for them and listening to them and helping make sure that they, they, they thrive in their positions. Like That's fantastic. So like, what's the last one that you would say that you'd be able to help practice owners simplify their lives? So if you, if you understand the numbers piece and you understand the team, you got those kind of working in a line. The other big struggle that most practice owners run into is implementation. 
they have a lot of good ideas and I, I meet a lot of practice owners that are visionaries and they have all these amazing ideas that they either come up with or see opportunities for or learn at conferences that they want to implement. But taking it from that idea into an implemented process that's consistently working and getting the results they envision seems to be a huge step for people to take. And again, just like a lot of the other ones, I don't think this is unique to the vet world. I think this is a problem with a lot of leaders and business managers out there in the world. So one of the things we work on is how to get a process from an idea into an, an actual working process, get team buy-in, get it aligned, get it launched, make sure it's getting results, and kind of take it to that goal line. And that's a big thing that we can, we do. And that's part of some of the, of the steps we take when we go on site for three or four days. If we have a big launch with something like that, like changing room flow or implementing forward booking to a clinic that's a little bit opposed to it, working on getting that over that hurdle is a big part of what we do as well. That's really awesome. So like with all these, you know, these three steps, you know, let's, let's say that what is one thing that you, they could take away and start doing at the moment to really improve their business? Let me look at it this way. The one thing that people need to do is take a moment aside and instead of just working in their business, take some time away and work on your business. And that's a kind of a cliche statement, but it's always one I've liked because we get into, we walk into the clinic every day and we get a customer complaint or we have an appointment or we have a dog that's coding or something like that. We hit, we just hit the ground running and it comes six o'clock, seven o'clock at night and we go home. We need to take some time just to separate ourselves from that daily routine and all the interruptions to look at our business and start figuring out what's happening so that we start driving the results versus the clinic kind of driving us. So I encourage people for the one thing you could do, take a step out, take even an hour or two, look through your practice from an outside perspective, understand your numbers, which is the number one thing I'd say within that. Start looking what's happening and start figuring out where you're going. Get an idea of what problems you want to solve, what opportunities you see out there. Even if you can identify that, that's a great first step. But take right. that outside when you're not getting interrupted by everything else going on and say, get your head above the trees and say, where are we going with this thing? Or where do we need to go? And that will start a process to hopefully get you focused on driving some momentum in a direction that you choose versus just what's happening day to day. That's actually really good stuff right there. And yeah, you know, I, I always think it's the, the term is, you know, spend some time working on your business rather than just in your business all the time. Wow. I can, I can have this business my entire career, my, from, from when I get out of school or depending whenever I bought this business to one day wanting to get out of it, but not having really any, any clarity on what I'm trying to do with it. And it seems like that's a lot of what you can be able to help these practice owners with, help them with their clarity and get them more to the part where they're really understanding what they're trying to accomplish. I aim to do for sure. And I have the benefit when I walk into a practice that I don't know anything about it. So I come from a fresh set of eyes from an outside perspective. I don't know the rules they have in place that they've run for the last 15 years they've been in business. So being able to look at it and kind of take the owner with me on a journey and say, this is what I see from your practice. Let me kind of show you some of the problems that you might not be seeing because you're just so used to them or some opportunities that you might have abandoned a while back that we can get back into. How can we get this to a place where it doesn't require you to be here 24 seven for it to stay afloat? Because I want you to be able to go on vacation. I want you to be able to relax and know that when right. you're the, uh, not in the practice, it's running well and you can just relax and focus on relaxing and doing what you want to do. Relaxing sounds real nice. So if someone were to want to want to talk with you, do you typically charge a, uh, a one-time consultation fee or how, how does that usually work? For me, again, a lot of my focus when I got into this is to help people out. There's no upfront freeze with it. So if anyone thinks they have a problem that they think I might be able to solve, 
they can give me a call or shoot me an email or, or connect with me. And I'll sit down with them for an hour by phone and we can talk through anything you want. If we see some opportunities, some ways that I can help you, we can talk about uh, some work I can do. And at that point, we can talk about what charges would be and things like that. But I, unlike a lot of the other agreements I've seen out there, there is no terms with my stuff. Everything I do is on an hourly basis. You can stop anytime you want, start anytime you want, use whatever part of it you want. And, and so your costs are whatever you need them to be. If you find a project that you think we can work with or you want some ongoing coaching, we can provide that. And if you want to stop the next week or you need to change directions and focus on a different project, we're right there with you to help you. Perfect. So like if, if someone wanted to contact you right now, you know, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, directly into our website, we have a, a new little branding that we're launching called vetteam.net. So V-E-T-E-A-M.net. So just one T. So vetteam.net will take you to our, our Coppins Business Strategies website, and you can find a lot of contact information there. Uh, my email is there. My cell phone is there. You can see our staff and a couple of things we do. You can also call me directly at uh, 616-437-9764, and that goes directly to me. And I, I love to talk to all the people who are interested in talking with us as a company and see if I can help you or if one of the other team members or consultants that we have would be able to help you, I'll direct you over to them. But I like to be the first point of contact when I can. Awesome. Well, you heard it, everyone. If there's anyone that needs some guidance or looking to see if maybe you could use some guidance, it never hurts to have a second set of eyes to just take a look at what you're doing. And, you know, and to put a wrap up to all of this, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, Jason, what would it be? Uh, if you're familiar with Indian food, I, I had the opportunity to try and Rogan Josh with a garlic naan. You ever had that? Yeah. Garlic That's, naan, you said? Oh, yeah. Garlic naan. If I could have that with some Rogan Josh, that a wonderful lamb is amazing tasting. And I could probably live on that meal for quite some time. That's awesome. Actually, I've, I've actually started really liking garlic naan. We, in the morning time, we'll do it with morning with some scrambled eggs and some shredded cheese and then put some kind of a, a meat or something on it and throw it in the toaster oven. It's so good. So delicious. Uh, you know, make it a little, little outside of the, the normal Indian cuisine. So those, some of you who are out there right now, yeah, you might be like, what is this guy doing? But it's delicious if you ever get a chance. Again, this has uh, been Jason Coppins with Coppins Business Strategies. And if you want to reach out to him, there'll be some more information in the, the description below. Feel free to give him contact out to him. This is Tom Seco wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only 
only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151183 expires February of 2025.